Good evening, you're watching The Buck Stops Here. I'm Vishnu Shom. On the program tonight, four young Indians die on the line of control as India and Pakistan continue their tit-for-tat retaliation. At this level of conflict, Pakistan can match the Indian army attack for attack just because of the proximity of posts along the line of control and the geography of the area, where in places their posts dominate ours. In other places, our posts dominate their positions. The number of ceasefire violations that have taken place are colossal. 240 ceasefire violations in just one month and five days of this year. Where is this all headed? Are we headed for war? Is there no other option? How many more soldiers will we lose as tensions along the line of control continue? That's our big focus tonight. country said goodbye to a young soldier. Just a year back as he started his career here at his home in Patodi, friends and relatives had gathered to give Captain Kapil Kundu a huge welcome. On 10th of February, in just six days, he would have been 23 years old. He was planning to come home to celebrate with his mother and sister. Crying, his best friend, spoke about the brave young man. When the board exams are closed, we are in 12th. His, uh, you know, on 10th February 2012, he lost his father. He cleared, I think so, with 87%. He write many poems. Mostly the poems are related to mother, soldiers, soldiers, mothers, how they feel. One of the poems that couple wrote is titled A Story of a Martyred Soldier where he said, life should be big, not long. On Facebook, he had posted this as his favourite quote. Run, if you cannot, then walk. If you cannot, then crawl, but do not stop until you achieve your goal. A man who lived by his principles on and off the field. कभी उन्होंने ये मैसेज नहीं होने दिया कि वो कैप्टन है या वो हमसे कमांडर कमांडर जब लगा था तब तब से ही कभी हमारे साथ महसूस नहीं होने दिया और गांव के बच्चों को इतना मोटिवेट करता था शाम को दौड़ भाग के लिए तुम दौड़ लगाओ तुम भी आगे जा सकते हो ये अपने चाचा के लड़के के लिए उन्होंने जूते भी अभी पीछे ऑनलाइन मंगवाए थे बोल रहा था कि मैंने तुम बोलता रहा था कि मैंने तुम्हारे लिए जूते मंगवा दिए भाई तू रेस लगाया कर 42-year-old Havardal Roshan Lal's village in Jammu is in mourning. Lal had survived the Uri attack in 2016 in which 19 soldiers were killed. But yesterday, he died along with Captain Kundu and two Jawans. When the Pakistan army fired either a mortar or an anti-tank guided missile at their bunker. Nichal is a village of soldiers. 40 men from here are serving in the army and now Lal's eldest son, 15-year-old Abhidans, wants to join. For last one month, there has been sudden escalation along the borders in Jammu and Kashmir. In less than three weeks, 18 people, including 10 soldiers, have been killed in Pakistani shelling. After yesterday's killings, army has vowed to hit back. But the question is, how will this cycle of ceasefire violations and killings going to stop? With Sonal Mehrotra Kapoor in Jammu, Nazir Masoodi for NDTV. Well, let me introduce our panel uh, this evening. Lieutenant General G.S. Huda, the former Northern Army Commander, joins us. Ajay Sani, Executive Director of the Institute of Conflict Management. General Shankar Prashad, the former Director General of uh, Infantry in the Indian Army. Rakesh Sinha, the RSS Dialogue, uh, Ideologue, I should say. 
and uh, Kushpu Sundar of the Congress Party. I'm going to come to our panelists in just a, a moment uh, from now. But what really went on yesterday in that post on the line of control? Why did these soldiers die? Was there a mistake? Was there an accident? How, what are some of the circumstances? I have this report. The four Indian soldiers who were killed in Bhimbar Gali in Kashmir were on guard in a small bunker just like this. Last month, NDTV reported from the line of control where posts like this can be targeted at any time, day or night. On Sunday, it was much the same here. There was shelling, the soldiers were in their bunkers, bunkers which are usually meshed into the ground and are designed to withstand the blast of enemy mortars. But then something went disastrously wrong. One of the Pakistani mortar rounds struck near the entrance, which couldn't absorb the intensity of the blast. Today, the vice chief of the army said the loss of these four men will not be forgotten. The Indian government has also lodged a complaint with the Pakistan Foreign Office. Pakistan army along the border has been supporting uh, infiltration by terrorists. So I think action will speak for itself. India and Pakistan have been engaged in their worst ever period of tit-for-tat exchanges along the line of control in a month's time. In 2015, there were 152 violations of the ceasefire agreement. In 2016, there were 228. Last year, there were 860 incidents. But in just one month and five days of this year, there have already been a whopping 240 ceasefire violations. The death of four Indian soldiers raises important questions. At this level, India and Pakistan match each other in this eyeball-for-eyeball eyeball confrontation. The big question, where is it all leading to? Vishnu Shom for NDTV. Well, let me go across to General Huda first. Uh, good evening, sir. Straight, direct question to you. Are we headed to war? Uh, Vishnu, I, I don't think we are headed, uh, headed to war. Uh, but having said that, let me also say uh, I don't see the situation calming down. Uh, you know, uh, what is happening in 2017 and what has uh, happened in the, uh, in the first month of, uh, of this year, uh, I think we will see more of it. And I say this for, you know, two, three reasons. Uh, we can't just look at ceasefire violations in, uh, in isolation. Uh, we have to look at it from the whole gamut of uh, India-Pakistan relations. Uh, and what is happening in Kashmir. So, uh, you know, relations between the two countries are at a low. Uh, diplomacy, uh, I think, uh, I, I think is at rock bottom. Uh, there is absolutely no engagement that is taking place. Uh, Kashmir, uh, you know, whatever one might say, continues to be uh, a little on the boil. Uh, and in situations like this, uh, I see no incentive uh, both for India and Pakistan uh, to actually, uh, you know, come to any kind of peaceful agreement. So, uh, unfortunate uh, as it may sound, uh, the fact is that we are going to see more of this. Ajay Sani, uh, would you agree with that assessment that, look, what are the reasons uh, which India would need to see before saying, okay, fine, let's ensure that the line of control is, is a more peaceful place? I mean, the terrorists keep getting pushed in, there is an attack taking place in, uh, outside an army base in Kashmir as we speak now, hopefully not a very big one. But then, then what happens? So this, this vicious circle continues? And, and if so, where is it leading? Ajay. You see, 
Uh, well, first of all, where is it leading, if I can uh, reverse that? Uh, I think neither side is uh, gaining anything strategically uh, by these exchanges of fire. The problem, however, is not that uh, it's part of the whole dynamic of uh, terrorism in Kashmir, etc. Uh, rather, the problem is that in both sides, both in Pakistan and on the Indian side, this is feeding into a particular pattern of a political discourse and of a media discourse. Neither side can pull back. All these incidents are being blown up at a national level. They are feeding into a public anger. They are feeding into a uh, political pressure for retaliation. And neither side can say, let's sit down and talk this over. Because right. it would appear to be a concession in the face of provocation. That is the uh, cycle that is not breaking. And this cycle was established with the enormous publicity given to the surgical strikes yep. in 2016. Had those strikes occurred, and retaliatory action will always be taken by armed forces, let that be very, very clear, and was being taken even before the surgical strikes. Mm -hmm. Because this was raised to the level of public political discourse, national political discourse, neither side now has the capacity really to pull back, because both sides are actually right-wing, ultra-nationalist okay. uh, in their orientation. Uh, General Shankar Prashad, uh, would, would you, I, I actually tend to agree with Ajay entirely, that what we are seeing now on the line of control and the international border in Jammu and Kashmir is being fed by a certain um, sense. It's being played out on social media, it's being, it's being played out on, on prime time, certainly not on our channel, but on the other networks of let's get the Pakistanis, let's go to war. You see rhetoric of let's, we will take over POK, we'll sort them out once and for all. Um, this is not sensible because a military planner doesn't plan it that way. I somehow tend to agree in somewhat what you have said and what the previous speaker said. See, it seems to me that the country wants, and when I say country, the, the leaders of the country want status quo ante. Status quo ante is a possible option. Keep losing your men. It doesn't matter to anybody. It hurts me. It hurts you, perhaps. It hurts every citizen. But what is causing this issue to escalate is without es actually escalating at the military level or the strategic level, we are escalating by statements like, Mutor Jawab Denge. What is the need to say this? If you can't do this Mutor Jawab, then there is no need to say this. You've been saying it for the last one year. Every time anybody gets killed on the line of control, we hear Mutor Jawab Denge, Hamne Army Se Kahidia, Kinko Mardo, Das Unke Marte, Hamari Marte, Unke Beast Mardo. This is all raising pitches and only escalating the situation without actually doing anything. What is happening today? What has happened today, actually, and you said it yourself, and somebody else also said that the Pakistan Army on the line of control has escalated. So far, we were dealing with small arms like rifle, LMG, and mortars at best. Today, I believe they have fired an uh, anti-tank guided missile. They fired Who's six of the them Mutor yesterday. Jawab now? They fired six of them generally yesterday. There you are. In the same place. Yeah, so there you are. So who is escalating it? They have, they have leveled. Now we will fire another one. They no, will fire another one. But we've one. been firing we it keep people here. even last what, year. What happens at, In fact, today the, the vice chief said matter. that, you know, when what this happens, happens we, we use everything. We use... 
Uh, we use uh, heavy mortars. Well, we I use, don't know what they use. You know, that I mean, you may missiles, be better. everything. Uh, no, artillery, that is, that direct is, that, fire. That's, a, so that's again the same point. Yeah, yeah, it is. No, no that's is. the same point. I take they will point. use one yeah. weapon, we'll use another weapon, they'll escalate, we'll escalate. That's not the point. The point is this, that either you develop a strategic response and display it, or leave it as status quo ante. Don't hype it by making statements like "ek sir ka das sir lenge, das sir ka saw sir lenge." Okay, that is rubbish. Okay, Khushbu so Sundar. Now there's a bigger point I want to make. Besides, no, I want to make a big, bigger point. Just one more point. Yeah. See, there is a tactical response. The tactical response has been given, and the Prime Minister says in 2016, after the Uri incident, the army is allowed to do a tactical response. And the former army commander sitting here with you, and he agrees with me, and he was very much in chair at that time, to say we did a tactical response with a bit of strategic support when the surgical strike took place. At that point in time, the prime minister said that we have a tactical response and we have a strategic response. Yep. The strategic response takes time to build, and I'm building that. That the whole of 2017 has gone past. And what has happened in the early 2018? We get a defense budget which is lower, as low as the 1960s. Okay, General, I have to interrupt you. I only have, yeah. I only have seven certain. minutes left. I, I, we did a half an hour program, sir, so I need to get my other two panelists as well. Kushbu, uh, let me come to you first. Uh, is it the sense, is it your sense, is it the sense of the Congress party that uh, there, is, there is deliberate political rhetoric, uh, you know, ahead of the elections on the basis, on the backs of our soldiers, who are fighting with their lives on the line of control. Is that what is fueling this? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, because I think uh, first the salutations to the martyred uh, brave hearts of our country because we have been losing people every day and which is not accepted. And the rhetoric uh, statements, uh, like one of the panelists said, by the government you know they have been trying to fire it from the soldiers of a brave ha uh, from the shoulders of a brave hearts which is not acceptable i mean you know when upa government was in uh, power then like unko lal aankh nahi dikhate hain and now the kind of statements they have been making in every uh, uh, cease uh, fire violations i think we have not been seeing a very very decisive policy of the government on this LOCIB. We need we need a very fine-tuned policies for this, and which we don't see it. And yes, when you look at the budget this year, it is the lowest since 1962. They might say that they have increased by 7.5. Kushbu, I don't want to talk about the budget the because then I'll be sitting over here talking for the no, next I'm two hours. No, I'm saying that how are we going to fight it out? No, no, how that's a separate point. Out, I, I'm sir. trying to understand the LC it, situation. It, it, no, I'm saying. I, and I, I uh, Kushbu, without no, doubt, we, I understand we what you're to, saying we need about to the budget. Understand. No, no, I understand what you're saying about the budget. It, it and uh, you know, I mean, that's a larger issue. Let's just focus on the LC for the moment. How are we going to fight? How are we going to fight? We're losing our soldiers, our, our brave hearts every day. The Pakistanis every are day. also what losing a lot. But twenty-two-year-old. But Rakesh, yeah, Rakesh Pakistan Sena, are losing. But here we are, where we're saying an eye for an eye. Come on, we need a dialogue. When we wanted a dialogue, you have been blaming us. What is happening now? Rakesh what happened Sena, to your dialogue Should now? we have a dialogue? Well, how, long, it's, how long? It's and not, how long are not, you going to We are not winning. We are not losing. They are losing Sorry. lives. We are losing lives. We are not willing to escalate into a no, full conflict. Congress party is treating Pakistan problem just like a, one of the provinces politics in India. You know, this is, a, this is, a, this is related oh, to on, international Mr. politics. Uh, moreover, uh, uh, I, I disagree with Rajasthani. What a rightist. You know, when Pakistan, when we offered for dialogue, all efforts by the Narendra Modi government for dialogue, 
for that he has he has been criticized by the opposition parties many of his friends criticized narendra modi but he did that pakistan failed it now pakistan is completely isolated vishnu pakistan for the first time is completely isolated america is giving threat to pakistan do we keep losing at, our boys no at the, on the line say, of control if war indefinitely is, if we war is required this is not war mongering if pakistan is coming killing our soldiers martyrdom honored martyrdom required that we should be prepared for the war no no but pakistan's existence is a dangerous for india you know indra so I there should be war is what you are yes, saying yes indra gandhi Sorry, indra gandhi did you say that indra did you say that we need we need to have a war indra gandhi led a war 1971 pakistan was divided we need another war we need another war you're saying that yes we need another war because the logical you know khushboo logical conclusion of such development is a war because pakistan pakistan is not going to be satisfied nuclear deal two nuclear armed nations they are asking for a dialogue pakistan wants kashmir are you ready to meet nuclear armed nations yeah. will go to war yeah. two nuclear armed nations will go to war you know you know that the doctrine of limited war can be possible and we should not what be, if they don't accept that doctrine and launch and you know, attack Pakistan, us with tactical nuclear weapons you you know the let the army decide let the government decide let government and army both are uh, both are prepared and i am i am really surprised when there is there is a surgical strike these people ask that the, the army should give the proof you are demoralizing the army you are degrading the army you are politicizing the army and you are saying the rightists are doing politics rightists are, are not doing politics You we, are, we, are for, we are we are kind of we want to we have spoken the kind of dialogue you know the drama they have thrown this stone we we wait for the peace they have thrown this stone okay all right kushbu and kushbu kushbu and rakesh sinaji just one moment i want i want to talk to the military experts general huda you've been listening in is this what the problem is it's it's our political class targeting each other on something as important as as the lives of our young men on the line of control but it's the rhetoric and and, and rakesh sena makes a point there needs to be a war that's how things will get resolved as uh, do you agree sir general huda see uh, see vishnu uh, let me make my point you know uh, what happens uh, of course is you know the whole thing goes into a rhetoric and uh, you know ajay ajay mentioned uh, that uh, you know somehow the media and the political rhetoric is driving uh, you know what what is happening on the lc uh, i i tend to disagree uh, how we plan our strategy on the line of control and how the military needs to respond uh, there is you know we, we hear everything uh, but frankly uh, it's done by the military and it's done in a way that we think is militarily feasible uh, unfortunately vishnu uh, whatever we might say there are no strategic options uh, you know left with us uh, you can deal with these things diplomatically you can hope for uh, you know america to come in and and do something uh, with pakistan and and put pressure on them it's only a hope uh, as far as the americans are concerned uh, you know they are their worries but general why are you worries, trying to say that war needs to be considered as an option that's my question to you sir no 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 so war is it's not war as an option uh, vishnu but compulsion vishnu not option it is a compulsion what well what, let, no, no, no. let's see what he has to say general go ahead yes yeah let me let let, let <sighs> me uh, let me just complete my point i'm saying you know if you are going to have uh, pakistan continuously sending terrorists across yes. who are who are catching out mutilation id attacks ambushes on your soldiers uh, what do we do do we let them get away with uh, with impunity 
No, so therefore there has to be pressure on the line of control. In what form it has to take place, uh, selectively, you know, let's leave that to the let's leave that okay. to the military. Okay, Ajay, would you like uh, to? And, Ajay... and I'm sure, and I'm sure we can. I'm, I'm sure we can do it. Unfortunately, as I said, you know, either either diplomacy works or or international pressure works. Uh, and that's not, not worked in this case, Ajay. It's not worked in this case. This is the price that we need to pay with the lives of our men to keep up the pressure on Pakistan, which pushes in terrorists. That's a fact. Nobody is disputing that. Terrorist attacks all the time. We may not be ready to go into a war right now, but this is something that India needs to do in, in attacking them effectively along the IB and the LC. Uh, that's what Rakesh ji feels. He says we need to go to war, but I'm, I'm asking you about the pressure on the LC right now, where we hit them very hard. Does that need to continue? You see, I, I'll just, before I get to that, I have to uh, speak of this whole uh, warmongering kind of a thing. War is a compulsion. War is a compulsion for those who don't have to fight it. You know, these are all people who talk very big, thump their chests. They're not the ones who are going to go and fight in the line of control or are going to participate in any war. These are people who speak from very secure and very comfortable uh, environments, number one. Number two, all right, let us for a moment say that war is an option we must consider. What are we preparing for it? The budget question that was being repeatedly raised by earlier speakers is critical. Okay. If you are going to talk about a war, and must, you must understand that a war with Pakistan is potentially going to be a two-front war. We do not have the kind of support we had in 1971, number one, internationally. We will not only find that America will fail us, we are li likely to find that Russia is not quite an ardent supporter as it was in 71. So please understand, when we talk about strategic options, you must understand strategy and not just this stridency, this, this abusive warmongering, this jingoism that is uh, being, being spouted know, over Vishnu. here. Is, if you don't is understand Pakistan, uh, these issues, is Pakistan, it's, it's no use, Pakistan uh, is compelling us for war and he is accusing us for warmongering. Had there been a Pakistani strategist, he would have been accused me. I am saying that there should dialogue, but what dialogue? Prime Minister has gone to Pakistan. He had met the Pakistani Prime Minister. Then he had made all war. the efforts. What, what else do you want? I don't do you want problem. that we should go to war with Pakistan for peace? You are not willing Begging to pay. You are, you are not willing you are to questioning our dignity. You are questioning our dignity. What about? Our people are the soldiers. You are creating a binary between soldiers and civilians. Everyone in the army is questioning your military. No, 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 no. No, everyone is questioning. You are questioning. You are. Okay, gentlemen, one second. Today, Sahni, Sahab, you are speaking just like a Pakistani. If you do not want to read anything, you are not speaking like anybody. Like anybody no, 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 he is, no he is, he is questioning we cannot, we cannot make a person a Pakistani or an Indian sitting on a television program. Let's not get into that kind of debased no, argument. War no, no, he's he's, what they do, he's, he's calling all That's the people as warmongers of India. He, he has a right to that, uh, to that opinion. No, no, I'm calling you a warmonger. I am calling you a warmonger. Right. Then you are calling a Mr. Warmonger. One second, both of you. I have time for one last, one last, one last comment. General Shankar Prashad, I have point. 30 seconds. Please go ahead. Yeah, I'll give you. I'll look. A tactical response has been given all this while at the army level. We need to now work on a limited strategic option, which, in my understanding, would be make the line of control military post absolutely incapable of responding. Whether you use army, navy, or air force is a matter of detail with the military and the civilian government can decide. 
but you've got to deal with this post across the line of control and some of the posts across the Jammu area of, uh, of the international border. Yep. Only when you make them incapable of responding will anything happen. This will fall in the realms of a limited strategic response. It is not war-mongering. It is neither a war. And we are not ready for a war as yet. We need to take time to get ready for a war. Okay. Get ready. It will need a defense budget much more than 1.5. All right. GDP. Okay. General Prashad, thanks very much. We are completely out of time. The point that the general makes is not a full-scale war, not the situation on the line of control right now, but something in between. Whether you call it a war, a conflict, these are difficult choices. One way or the other, every time an Indian soldier falls on the international border or the line of control, all of us feel very, very sad. Where is this all going? That's, I, I began this program by asking this question, and I will end it by that. Thank you all very much for being with us.